Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville, Dolph fans and sports fans in general, don't you love July? I know as a football fan you're thinking, man, July is the worst, but July isn't that bad. It's actually a great month for sports. This year you had the NBA Finals, you had the Stanley Cup Finals for the NHL, and of course, all the baseball marquee matchups, including the All-Star Game that just passed. And if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you can find it all. That's right, prop bets, futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50% welcome bonus. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins training camp season. We're part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am Sam Marcu, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon. How in the hell are you, my friend? I say I'm doing well. Uh, I have one more day of work, and it's the weekend, and football is about to be starting, so I'm fantastic. How are you, my friend? Well, you you got me excited when you said one more day of work. I assumed you were just retiring and quitting uh, after, you know, uh, Zach goes pro with his rugby adventures. But uh, you just meant for the rest of the week. Sadly, I just meant for two days and I'm back on Monday. (laughs) Well, that's less exciting. But congratulations to you. Uh, Almost done with the work week. And uh, let's just camp right there. Speaking of training camp, this is episode 200 training camp special 2021 Everyone's excited. So far, we've seen uh, touchdowns. We've seen interceptions. We've seen trade requests. We've seen injuries, Chris. It is 100% back in the saddle again. Miami Dolphins football. Uh, The offseason is behind us. And uh, I do want to point out right away, we told everyone we were going to do the Finzies for episode 200. Didn't quite work out for a number of reasons. A, our other co-host, Chris Chambers, still isn't ready to quite join us just yet. Although we did have a conversation with him the other day about training camp and just his thoughts on uh, training camp season as a football player. And then um, uh, also, we were going to record the Finzies last week. I totally forgot. Chris had told me he was out of town because his son, Zach Colon, as we alluded to, was in a rugby tournament in uh, Utah, of all places. And uh, tell everybody, Chris, tell all the citizens of Perfectville, what happened at this Utah rugby tournament? Nice setup. I like it. Um, so this rugby season has been interesting. We uh, in middle school, we were one of, at a time, one of the top ranked club teams in the nation. Uh, here in Charlotte, North Carolina, our high school team was number one in the nation the entire year and lost in the national championship, which was brutally, I uh, was brutal, brutal to see, but uh, 21 kids from the high school got scholarships for rugby. Um, that is an incredible number. Uh, if you asked me two years ago, if Charlotte, North Carolina was known for rugby, I'd tell you you're crazy. I had no idea it was such a um, big sport here. And I'll tell you, going to Utah, we were one of the few East Coast teams out there, Sam. You had told me before how Southern California um, loves its rugby and you were not wrong. Oh my goodness. Like, um, so pretty much there's teams from all around the country. However, our entire bracket was basically California. Uh, we had the Rhino rugby who we lost to in the national championship in Cleveland, uh, based out of uh, California. We beat in the semifinal 17, 14, huge game. And then we, um, uh, beat Belmont shore, which is in California for the championship 33, nothing. So absolutely fantastic. We went six and zero. Uh, traveled from the East Coast and won the fourteen U tournament. Um, uh, just a club team with kids around Charlotte, North Carolina. All these other teams we beat were like academies that pull kids from all around the state, all stars and whatnot. So super proud of my son. He had a few tries, some great tackles, and and his teammates. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun to watch, and made a trip to Mormon country. Way worth it. 
Yeah, well, there you go. There's some there's some fun things to do in Utah. I haven't quite figured out what those are yet, but they tell me there's some fun things to do in Utah. Perhaps rugby tournaments is uh, one of those things on the list. But congratulations to you and Zach and Charlotte and the entire team uh, for just, you know, continuing to kick ass when it comes to rugby. What a fun sport to be good at, too. I mean, it's just like one of those things where, like, there's just respect. It's like amateur wrestling. Like, oh, what'd you do in high school? Oh, I was an amateur wrestler. It's like, oh, good, good. You can come right in. Everything is free for the next 10 minutes. Uh, rugby is kind of that way, too, right? Football, rugby. There's like manly man sports, you know, just yeah. Rugged, well, yeah. in rugby, the the two years I've been involved with it, I've learned this culture. They have like a third half for like the adults and they go have a beer, the teams that just competed. And it's weird for me, football, it's like, I mean, it was kind of getting better uh, recently. Everybody, you know, trades jerseys or whatnot, but usually there's that a rivalry, there's crap talk, people guys getting each other's faces. And you just don't like those guys after the game at rugby. It's not the case. My son, actually, they, they stayed in their own hotel as a team. And he said afterwards, the team they beat in the championship invited him and a couple of other his teammates to like their talent show. They're having in the ballroom of the hotel. They're like all best friends. So I thought it was super cool uh, for, you know, 14 minutes. They play sevens rugby and then before and after they're, they're great friends. So it's, it's a fantastic sport. I mean, my wife and I love watching it. It is a lot of fun. We've been watching the Olympics too. Unfortunately, the men didn't do too well, but the women are kicking ass. So um, it's, it's just, it's really fun to watch. It's like one of those, it's like uh, being a hockey fan. There's not a whole lot of us here in North, North America. So when you find other hockey fans, even if they're fans of like rival teams of yours, you still just kind of respect them for being, you know, a part of that culture. It sounds like the same way with rugby, anything on the, on the come up in terms of a sport, it's just still that communal experience. So very cool. Uh, also very cool, Chris, we're going to put 15 minutes on the clock because it is all about training camp right now. Day two has uh, come and gone here for the Miami Dolphins. Let's put 15 minutes on the clock and let's just get into all things training camp. Are you ready, Chris? Born ready, man. It's football season. Let's do it. All right, Chris, like we alluded to, it's training camp season here for the Miami Dolphins, and we've got wobbly, quote-unquote, ducks from Tua Tungavailoa that are going for 60-yard touchdown passes. We've got uh, an elite cornerback looking to be traded away from the Miami Dolphins. Of course, we have injuries because that's what always happens for the Miami Dolphins and every team during training camp. Uh, I don't know where to start. There's so much information, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, it's duck hunting season here, Chris, So we got to shoot a couple of things out of the air. So uh, let's start with the good news, and the good news is that Tua Tungavailoa the first couple of days here at training camp looks pretty damn good here, Chris. And if, by the way, if you aren't on the social medias and you're not watching the videos from the Miami Dolphins uh, or seeing the play-by-play from Travis Wingfield, our very own uh, former citizen of Perfectville, Travis Wingfield, and of course, uh, the press conference recaps from Hoots House, however you say his name, you're missing out. There's just so much content right now for the Miami Dolphins. It's ridiculous. But Tua Tungavailoa starts off camp with, a, uh, with an interception. And of course, all the two haters come out, Chris, and say, see, we told you, we told you, we told you. And then uh, a funny thing happened on the way to uh, Hatesville for Tua Tungavailoa. He started throwing touchdown passes and he started throwing long touchdown passes and short touchdown passes and touchdown passes on the run. I mean, Chris, over the last couple of days, I've seen him throw a couple of long bombs to Albert Wilson, of all people. They seem to be passing chemistry class between the two of them. Uh, Mac Hollins gets a touchdown pass. Suvon Ahmed gets a touchdown pass. Uh, Adam Shaheen gets a touchdown pass. He wasn't even wearing a mask when he did it. And then you've got uh, so many other people that you wouldn't even, wouldn't even like think about being like a top receiver or anything else. I know it's practice. I know it's training camp. I know it's, you know, all of those things, Chris, but uh, if the option is to be good or bad, you want your quarterback and the team looking good. Do you not? Of course. And then, you know, at first I was going to sit here and say, hey, it's training camp. Let's pump the brakes a little bit, but if the haters are going to hate, uh, when he does something bad, fuck it. Let's go crazy when he does something good. I, I think it's been great. One of the best things about working from home is watching the inside the training camp on the NFL network and uh, staying on, up, up to speed on Twitter and whatnot between calls and everything. And um, yeah, we, it's it's a lot of fun. This is exactly what we wanted. We're hoping to get from two in year two. Um, playbook is fitting to his needs. Uh, and to his strengths. Uh, he's excited about preseason and getting with the guys in person meetings on the field with each other. Um, and then the off season work that we've been watching in the, uh, on social media, uh, this entire lengthy off season, uh, we have seen him work so hard and hope that it would turn into positive things on the field. And so far that's what it's looking like. Yeah. A mistake here or there, but other than that, uh, who, who would have thought, you know, he's just hitting these perfectly timed routes with Jalen Waddle. Wow. What a, what a surprise. Yeah. Uh, he's looking fast. He's returning punts. Um, 
He's also, like you mentioned, is just like killing it with Albert Wilson of all people who people forgot about because uh, him sitting out for a year and he comes back with a vengeance. People are talking about him not making the team. This guy's starting like this, he's, he's making the team and it looked like he's starting because he's playing with the ones and he's making goddamn plays. Um, and then with the injuries, like with a little radio tease we'll get into that uh, at the wide receiver position already. It's kind of nice. We have 215 receivers. So we have uh, our, our pick of, of guys, but Albert Wilson, Jalen Waddle and Tua Tungabailoa so far on offense uh, with Gaskin sprinkled in there. A little Shaheen. Love the mask reference. If you're on Dolphins Twitter, you know exactly what Sam's talking about. Uh, it is looking good. And that's what you want against a good defense uh, it is to look good. And right now our offense is doing such. Yeah. So there's a couple of things with Tua Tungabailoa that I was looking for. One, uh, we saw a bunch of photos, but we didn't see a lot of Tua in the offseason. By all accounts, you look at the video, you look at the press conferences, you look at the pictures from training camp, he's bigger. He's physically bigger than he was last year, uh, which leads to the fact that he seems to be fully recovered from his hip injury that happened in college before his rookie season. That's a lot of things. Those are things that we've talked about, Chris, that people forget about. He came into his rookie season with no training camp, really no preseason. Um, uh, with with a, still recovering from a hip injury, right? So this is in many ways, I think, Tua, as we expected him to look uh, in some cases here in his sophomore season. So I, it's exciting to see him and, and everything else. And the other thing, Chris, you know, he can, he has come out and said that he actually knows the playbook and that he's excited about the playbook and that yes. it's, it's it's actually designed around the talents of our offensive players, which is a complete difference from what he said about last year's playbook, which was I really didn't know it and they had to scale it down because I really didn't know it. Uh, so everything is pointing in the right direction for Tua Tungabailoa right now. Now, you and I are both Tua fans, so... Uh, maybe we have this with a little bit of teal and aqua uh, or aqua and orange uh, colored glasses. But uh, for the haters out there, what did you think of that bomb to Albert Wilson? A little wobbly on the throw and a little bit maybe behind Albert Wilson. Uh, what do you make of the wobbly bomb duck touchdown from Tua Tungavailoa to Albert Wilson on day one of training camp? It was fantastic. This thing about the wobbly. Has anybody thrown a football before? You know how hard that is to keep it like spinning for 60 yards in the air. He hit a very fast Albert Wilson in stride. What looked to be double coverage. And it what really wasn't behind him. He just like turned to catch it. Like that means it hit his body. Um, I, I just don't, it was fine. It was a great throw with no pads on. I mean, it is what it is. Like uh, I'll play devil's advocate here. And um, I, 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 we need to start seeing these with the referees on the field and in the games that count. But like you said, if it's going to be good or bad, we'll take that good. And Jesus Christ, I can't, like, I really, I have to, I have to stop myself sometimes on Twitter and social media because I am a podcast host and I, and I want so bad to call people out, but then I'm like, eh, you know, I don't want them to like, you know, cancel us or anything. So it's just like, you know, what are you going to do? Sometimes you have to read this crap and just block, block people like the uh, soft Omar Kelly. But other than that, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it is what it is. The, the haters are ridiculous. If you're not Dan Marino, then you're not good enough. And we saw this with Tannehill. I just hope Tua shuts everybody up and we have a great season. Uh, winning is the uh, greatest deodorant, as they say. It's funny you mentioned Omar Kelly because you were giving it to him hard. You were giving him the business, as they say, Chris. Uh, first day of training camp, and you weren't alone to the point where uh, Omar Kelly started clapping back a little bit, saying, well, us journalists are talking about you fans as well. It was a very much an I'm rubber, you're glue type of thing from a professional journalist. But uh, say la vie, I guess that's life. Uh, Omar Kelly, uh, butthurt and sleeping at training camp again uh but you know i want to i want to i want to camp on this albert wilson thing for just a second here chris because you'd mentioned it uh, Devonte parker not practicing right now Pre preston williams not practicing right now will fuller uh already out after day one with a little bit of an injury i don't think it's going to be anything too serious right now but uh the fact of the matter is when you have your quote-unquote top three wide receivers down uh you need the next ones to come on up and albert wilson who was talked about as being written off and just done not only because of covid and sitting out last year but uh the hip injury that happened prior to that uh speaking of hip injuries albert wilson looking like uh the albert wilson what we signed him away from the kansas city chiefs all those years ago him and tua coming back with uh, recovered hips physically looking better than they have in a very long time and already starting to establish that chemistry i mean albert wilson talk about a guy taking advantage of the opportunity in front of him Devonte parker not there to run with the ones preston williams not there to run with the ones will fuller only there for a little bit of time to run with the ones albert wilson steps up and steps in and so far has stepped ahead of just about everybody else on the wide receiving core 
Yeah, and what's scary about Albert Wilson uh, for opposing teams, not scary for us, is that he has a very similar skill set to Jalen Waddle. So yeah. it's like, who are you going to cover? Those two guys are so fast and getting so open. Um, so it is nice to see one guy that's not stepping up, and I haven't seen his name, is Alan Hearns, who also uh, took off with Wilson. So that's going to be an interesting battle. Yeah, it really is. I mean, if you look at those two veterans, uh, we, you and I both talked about having a veteran presence in the locker room. Now, Will Fuller provides that a little bit, but uh, having an in-house veteran like Wilson and Hearns, I think that's one of the reasons why they're still here, but it might come down to one or the other. And if it's going to come down to that early return, say Albert Wilson is our guy and Alan Hearns, you know, good luck to you. You might find, uh, you know, you'll probably find work elsewhere, but uh not here. And uh, you're right. Alan Hearns needs to step it up if he's going to keep up with Albert Wilson. And of course, Jalen Waddle, our rookie prize rookie, uh, one of the fastest human beings in the NFL. And according to reports on returning punts and uh, catching the ball is uh, quicker than a hiccup, as some people might say there. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jalen Waddle so far, a couple days into training camp? So far, so good. He's passing the sniff test, man. He he looks fantastic from from word uh, that uh, Flores. I listened to his press conference this morning before practice, and they asked about if he's concerned about Waddle playing punt return because it's an added position where uh, risk for injury. And he's like, no, like I like the best guys to play, and if he earns that opportunity, he's going to play. So um, really excited about Jalen Waddle. He's running out there. Supposedly, he's like uh, according to Travis's uh, reporting uh, at the camp and live during uh, teamwork. He is uh, uncoverable. Like he is just making great moves. Uh, uh, he's uh, stopping on the dime. His route running is insane. Um, and, and he's just really making waves and the obvious chemistry with Tua is there. Uh, so I think early on, um, it, not even with Parker or Fuller on the field yet, like it, it, without trying to get too excited and kind of calming down, we've been here before. Um, as someone that's been burnt multiple times, though, I will say that I would I normally err on the side of caution. But, man, I am really optimistic if they're healthy. Parker, Fuller, Wilson, uh, Waddle and Williams, that is just a, and Gusecki is just a deadly combination of size, speed. And as a defensive coordinator and somebody that played defense, um, that is just they would keep me up at night the Saturday before the game, wondering how we're going to scheme against these weapons. And I'm glad you brought Kasiki too, because it's important that he develops that chemistry like Albert Wilson has with Tua Tungabailoa, because he performed better with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year than he did with Tua. And Ryan's no longer here, as we all know. Tua is the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so it's important that the starting tight end be on the same page. And he looks like he's having a pretty good camp to start here as well. But you mentioned defensive coordinators and defense, Chris. A couple minutes before the first uh, segment is done, I want to focus on the defense itself. Christian Wilkins looks like a madman. I mean, he was the first pick in the Brian Flores era, and rightfully so. I think everybody knows him on the national level for doing the, uh, you know, the jump bump with uh, Roger Goodell on draft night. But he's so much more than just that. I mean, if you ever watch the mic'd up, he is one of those glue guys that I think everybody on the Miami Dolphins loves that he's on our team. But if he were on the other team, they would hate him. He'd be that yes. annoying little brother that's just always there. And you're like, could you just leave us alone, please? Um, but Christian Wilkins, uh, by all reports, is like the first guy to get to camp. He's the last guy to get off the field. He is just dominating at the line of scrimmage and looks like somehow, some way, is even better here in his third year than he was in year two or year one. Well, and that's why Brian Flores drafts guys from big time programs like Clemson and Alabama, because they come from a protege and from a, a coaching tree where hard work never stops. And if you want to be the best, um, it, you have to beat the best. And then once you're the best, you have a bullseye on you. So you know how that looks. Uh, Travis reported that everybody is off. There's a uh, practice was over a couple of receivers on the jugs machine. There's Christian Wilkins by himself doing sprints after he's the first guy on the field. Like this guy is unbelievable. He's our, he's one of those guys. Like you said, you love to have as a teammate, like good God, he's probably just nonstop energy and fun. And uh, when you mix that with hard work and leadership um, and coming from those programs, him and Raekwon uh, Davis, uh, they, they come from uh, programs where they're used to playing for national championships and winning them. So when you're sitting there and you're winning seven games, eight games, 10 games and not going to the playoffs, you have to start with you first to get back to those positions and hopefully everybody follows and with a young enough team and the guys we're bringing in, hopefully we're on, on our way there. Yeah. And you know, a couple of the other guys on defense that have stood out so far for me here, Chris, uh, Jerome Baker, last name Baker signed a new extension. He's going to be with the Miami dolphins for, uh, you know, quite a number of years here, but he's not resting on that contract. Uh, he's been making all kinds of inroads in terms of rushing the passer, knocking passes down. Uh, he looks like again, a better version of himself, which 
if that's true, if that translates to pads and actual games, the Miami Dolphins are going to be that much better on defense, which is that much scarier for opposing offenses. Jerome Baker so far looks like a stud yet again. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips, two rookies that we added first and second round picks that um, from all accounts are just men amongst children uh, for rookies. Jalen Phillips uh, uh, at linebacker, dropping back in coverage, looking like he runs a 4-3. What on was the on Jalen Phillips's helmet, by the way? So, yeah, so they're, they're starting to use those in the, the youth game as well. Um, they're like, you know how they have like the skull cap, the pennies, they call them. Uh, they put on those. That's actually added padding. Um, so especially for linemen who are constantly headbutting like every play and going, uh, engaging, uh, that's why only the linemen are wearing them, um, because uh, of that constant, like you're, you're tight with your hands inside and helmets are going to hit that just adds extra padding to the, uh, already in inside padded helmet. It looks ridiculous. I actually thought it was like he was hot and he put the towel on the outside of the helmet. I'm like, ah, Jalen, I think you're doing it wrong. That's not how you're going to keep cool my off, head buddy. cool, right? Yeah. Oh, it they all look like ball. Toad from Mario. <laughs> it looks very odd, but, uh, you know, it's uh, I, you, you explained what it is. So I appreciate that. And you know what? Uh, that is the end, if you can't hear it, of the uh, first segment here. Welcome to Perfect Bell. Tua Tungavailoa looks good for the first few days of camp. Seems to be developing a chemistry with Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson taking advantage of the fact that the top receivers, quote unquote, aren't playing just yet, uh, making the most of his time out there. Jalen Waddle, rookie extraordinaire, looks good. Jalen Phillips uh, does not look good, at least aesthetically, with the weird, you know, mushroom cap that's on top of his helmet. Uh, but he's playing well along with uh, Javon Holland and, of course, the other defensive stalwarts, Christian Wilkins. Last name, Jerome Baker, and even Noah Igbenogane, year two. We didn't even get into him here, Chris. Uh, looking shredded, looking big out there. We talked about that before. If there's anybody that can rival Tua Tungavailoa's offseason in terms of bulk and mass, it is Noah Igbenogane. Uh, but we'll get into that and so much more into segment number two right after these words. Patchvibes.com is still the best place to get all of your best patches, stickers, hats, T-shirts, all things Miami sports swag. The Don Shula patch. The Laramie Tunzel pot smoking draft day patch, the Miami Vice t-shirt, all things Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, Miami Marlins, Miami sports scene can be found at patchvibes.com. Check it out. And we're back talking all things training camp. Welcome to Perfectville. Chris Cullen, Sam Marku, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And we're into segment number two here, Chris, and we're going to stick with the training camp thing theme 15 minutes on the board and we alluded to this in the first segment when we were talking about Tua Tungabailoa and his uh you know quick start out of the gate here but he's throwing the ball to Albert Wilson he's throwing the ball to Adam Shaheen he's throwing the ball to Mac Hollins he's not throwing the ball to Devontae Parker he's not throwing it to Preston Williams he's not throwing it to Will Fuller and the reason for that Chris is that those three receivers if you want to call them the top three receivers for the Miami Dolphins here in 2021 uh, are starting a little bit injured a little bit nicked uh, Devontae Parker Preston Williams on the uh, pup list the physically unable to perform list Will Fuller actually uh, took off towards the end of day one of training camp with uh, what looks like a little bit of a hamstring issue um, and you look at this season, or you look at this team last year, Chris, last season, and we had an injury to Preston Williams and both you and I went, uh Oh, where does the ball go? Uh, that is not the case this year. As we already talked about Albert Wilson, Jalen Waddle, and others are already stepping up and proving that they belong to be on this team with Tua Tungabailoa as the quarterback. So we have depth, I guess is what I'm saying. So how concerned are you about the injuries to the wide receiver position right now? And, uh, well, we'll just start right there. I mean, is this a concern seeing Devontae Parker on the sidelines? Is it a concern seeing Preston Williams on the sidelines? Is it a concern seeing Will Fuller on the sidelines after one practice? It is. Um, and the reason it is is because they're all, those three guys are always injured. <laughs> uh, Will Fuller is hurt all the time. Devontae Parker is hurt all the time. Preston Williams is hurt more than he's healthy. So to start the season, Williams kind of – is an asterisk because it's the same injury from last season that uh, I guess just isn't better from Parker. We have no idea what the issue is with him. Um, first thing I thought of is he didn't pass the damn conditioning te uh, test, but uh, seems to be an actual injury. Will Fuller actually showed up, but got hurt. So like it's, that's why we have 210 receivers because there's a lot of injury history with all of them. Really. If you think about the hip with Wilson and the ankle with, uh, waddle it's a um, break in case of emergency and the glass is pretty thin because our guys uh good when on the field 
definitely have uh, some uh, health question marks. That's for sure. You know, there's certain people on this team that I don't think are going to make the team. They're not just going to make the roster. They're going to get squeezed. One of those is Jakeem Grant. I know I, I know everybody is shocked by that because how much I love Jakeem Grant. But uh, this is a guy who won't die because everyone else gets injured. So say what you will about <laughs> all these other wide receivers. Say what you will about Jakeem Grant. The guy doesn't get injured. Uh, he doesn't get touchdowns. He doesn't get receptions. And he doesn't get injured. Um, and And I'm not as worried this season as I was last season, Chris, because around this time last season, this was a two-man show. It was Devontae Parker and it was Preston Williams. And we kept saying, what happens if those two go out? Because if those two go out, we don't have anybody. And it proved to be true. It was almost like we knew what we were talking about through all the bullshit that we talk about. Uh, this year, I think we have a lot of depth, a lot of depth. And I think that's by design. I think they did look at this and say, this is an area of weakness in a, in a, in a football league that demands you throw the football more than ever. You need people that can catch that football. And we do have Mike Kosicki at the tight end position. We do have Hunter Long recently signed, who's a rookie. Granted, uh, rookie tight ends don't tend to be very prolific in the NFL, but he's there. He can catch the ball. Uh, he's going to be utilized. You also have uh, Durham Smythe, who can still catch the ball and block. So your tight end room, along with Adam Shaheen, is pretty damn good. Plus, you have Suvon Ahmed, who can catch the ball out of the background, uh, and Miles Gaskin. Those are two guys that can catch the ball and turn around and run. So even if you don't look at the wide receivers, we have a lot of pass catchers that can do some harm uh, to, to opposing defenses. But when I look at this and I see that Albert Wilson is down, Preston Williams is down, Devontae Parker is down, and we don't know how long they're going to be out. I have a feeling they're going to be back before week one. Well, maybe not Will Fuller because he's suspended, but the other two. You now have Jalen Waddell. You now have what looks to be a very healthy and fast Albert Wilson. And we now have a lot of depth where I don't feel as bad as I did last year. I'm not as concerned. We have more injuries to start training camp this year than we did last year, Chris. And I feel less worried about it because of the depth that we have in the wide receiving room now. Yeah, if it's going to be injuries, you want it now. Uh, end of July, as opposed to in a month or two when the season's about to start. So uh, if it is just little Nick's uh, little hamstring thing here or there, we know Will Fuller can play. We know Parker can play when healthy and Williams. So um, definitely err on the side of caution. Don't rush. It's one of those things. If there's a game Sunday, probably all, th all three might be able to play, but we're, we're sitting here day two of uh, active training camp. So, um, and you're right. And you didn't even mention guys like uh, Perry and Lynn Bowden jr. And, um, um, uh, Isaiah Ford and uh, the, back. The, yeah, back again with a short bicycle, bicycle shorts. Um, so yeah, tons of depth at that position. So yeah, if, if we're if there's going to be injuries, like you kind of said with Tua, good or bad, you want them now. Uh, I just rather them not at all, but I do feel much better with going out and competing. Uh, as opposed to having Isaiah Ford and Matt Collins, our number one receivers, we're, we're still rolling out with Wilson um, uh, and, and Waddle and Gusecki. So, yeah, definitely much better depth. We fixed a position of need for sure. And uh, certainly at the wide receiver position. Now, uh, other injuries that we should talk about, DJ Fluker. Now, I think that is a significant injury to the offensive line. DJ Fluker can play guard. He can play tackle. Uh, he was signed as somebody who I think uh, they were counting on to play this season, maybe not as a starter, but significant minutes as kind of maybe that sixth guy. Right, that six person off the bench, goal line situations, things like that. Uh, I actually just saw here, Chris, that he was placed on injured reserve um, here for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, another guy who I thought uh, maybe passed a, or did not pass the um, uh, conditioning test, so they were going to reevaluate him after he, you know, got a shit together. But it looks like he's actually injured now and maybe down for quite some time. Uh, what do you make of DJ Fluker going down for the Miami Dolphins here, and what does that mean for the offensive line? Yeah, that's unfortunate uh, from the photos and whatnot on the offseason. He looked to be in fantastic shape. Um, so that does think that it's an injury. I have not been able to um, really look up uh, what he what the injury looks like if it seems to be serious. I mean, IR is a pretty big deal as opposed to pup. Uh, so hopefully he comes back because um, Matt Skura, our other free agent, is uh, supposedly not looking too well. Like Dieter, our third year guy from Wisconsin, they moved to center, which isn't even as natural position. So um, we're going to need help on offensive line. We've been saying that since our show has been in existence, Sam. Um, but yeah, I think more so the line than the receivers, we need all the help we can get and we need those guys healthy. Do you know what DJ stands for in DJ Fluker by chance? Just um, David, David Johnson. Pretty close. Uh, the DJ actually stands for Danny Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> So Danny Lee Jesus Fluker is his actual name. So uh, Danny Jesus, maybe Fluker. the power of maybe the power of Christ will compel him to get healthy soon. And he or is it Danny Jesus? 
It could be Jesus. I uh, I could be just doing a hard J when I shouldn't be doing a hard J. That's uh, we have a we have a family friend named Jesus. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, son plays rugby too. I coach a son of football as well. It's always fun when I um, text my wife and uh, and I'm, I'm te- clearly texting Jesus, but the text is something like uh, "Grab some beer, Jesus is coming over." So it's Jesus. like it just yeah, it just looks like "Grab some beer, Jesus is on his way," and uh, it's always fun. I mean, I thought Jesus was more of a wine guy versus beer, but uh, it's actually a common misconception. He's hugely into natty ice. He just loves his hops, huh? Uh, That that old Jesus guy just getting plastered on a double IPA on a Saturday. He's a cheap date. I like that Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Jesus might be getting plastered, but uh, Danny Jesus Fluker is not getting any playing time anytime soon. And you you mentioned the center position. You you mentioned Michael Dieter, uh, maybe the center not being his natural position. I thought that's what we drafted him as, was it not, Chris? Uh, A couple of years ago out of Wisconsin, wasn't he pegged to be a center for the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I thought he played guard, but uh, I've been wrong once, so twice wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, well, I think he's played both, but uh, the point is he didn't uh, overwhelm anybody either way to the point where they've been going out trying to get a center ever since they drafted him. So, you know, that's a little bit of a concern there. But uh, overall, I'm not too worried about DJ Fluker if he's the only injury we have on the offensive line. I think we have some monsters there, uh, both rookies and second-year guys that are going to uh, hopefully continue to gel together and allow Tua to start making those wobbly duck touchdown bombs to Albert Wilson and others in the actual game themselves. Uh, Just a couple of other injuries here, Chris, that we talked about. Uh, We're going to talk about this guy in segment number three, but uh, wouldn't you know it, uh, Xavier Howard is dealing with some nagging injuries, which is keeping him off the field. Um, No surprise there. I think think he's got uh, something that's hurt around his butt area. I think he's butt hurt. And then I also think, uh, you know, he maybe he's got a a case of the the whans. So uh, (laughs) Xavier Howard out. What that does mean is that some of these young guys that we alluded to, like Noah Igbenogany, getting a lot of playing time. Um, I'm not too worried about the Xavier Howard injury at this point, and we'll talk a little bit more why in segment number three. Uh, but I do think this is an opportunity for the rest of the defensive backfields of the Javon Hollins, uh, the Brandon Joneses, and, of course, uh, Noah Igbenogany, I think, is a direct result of him getting a ton of practice time early, which is going to do nothing but help his development along the way. I mean, his development of his upper body Body has been uh, relevant and 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 really just on the forefront, but uh, he's got a lot of skill. I mean, Jalen Waddle said that was the the most talented corner he ever played against in the SEC, and he wasn't the only wide receiver to say that. So, I kind of like the fact that Xavier might be on the on, on the uh, sidelines here for a little bit. It gives Noah a lot more practice. Here's the thing: uh, Xavier Howard's a fantastic player. He has 18 interceptions the last three years, 10 last season, including like 20 pass breakups. He's 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 fantastic. Let me just preface with that. However, we're in an interesting predicament as a team, positively, where you could lose a player like that and you still have Byron Jones. <laughs> like, like, I mean, if the Rams lose Jalen Ramsey, I don't even know who their second corner. They're fucked. They lost Jalen Ramsey. If we lost Xavier Howard, we still have Byron Jones. And normally a good defense can have a fantastic corner. And then you that second guy is, you know, you help with the safety over the top as long as he's a pro football player, you can still be all right and be a top 15 defense in the league, um, including which we might get a lot for him. There's worse scenarios that you can be in. Like when Darrell Rivas was on the jets, it's like before yeah, Antonio Carmarty was on the other side, but it's like, we lose the Island. We are fucked guys. Like we need Darrell Rivas in his prime. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you lose Darrell Rivas in his prime, then you have to get one of Antonio Cromartie's 18 kids to play corner opposite of Antonio Cromartie. Like that's not the ideal situation. You're 100% correct. Since he retired, actually like the, the Latin language has changed the meaning. Cromartie means multiple kids. It actually means uh, two dozen. It's 24. It's, it's the new way to say 24 in the Latin is Cromartie. Yeah, I'll take Cromartie donuts. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. You know, how many eggs do you need? I about a Cromartie, Cromartie and a half, something like that. Babe, will you grab a Cromartie of Bushlight on the way home? Thank you. <laughs> Man, how old is she? She looks amazing. She's Cromartie. <laughs> she might be a Cromartie, so just be careful. They're... A lot of them. <laughs> There's a Cromartie among. Yeah, There's exactly. a really good chance if you're at the mall, anywhere in the, in the country, you pass a Cromartie. <laughs> uh, we are open Cromartie hours a day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ain't no party like a Cromartie because a Cromartie don't stop. It also means rabbit. <laughs> Because they, they have a lot of kids fuck a lot, I guess. I, can't, I, I, I appreciate you explaining that for like yeah. three people who didn't understand. <laughs> right. 
that didn't like take basic zoology class like in (laughs) middle school uh you took a zoology class in middle school hey they had to make sure to graduate they had to get their cromarty credits i need cromarty credits uh i feel like this is a new thing this is uh this is this is a new thing that's going to just be here uh, at least for the next cromarty episodes um (laughs) This is how much I hate talking about Xavier Howard right now that we're creating fake words. I'm hearing about it on ESPN and NFL Network. He makes this. Uh, I'm sorry. I know he has a new agent, but uh, wow, that Instagram well, post just, explaining that he didn't understand his contract <laughs> that he signed a year and a half ago. Oh my God. Like, do you have Cromartie brain cells? Because it just, it just doesn't make sense that you signed a contract. There's still four years and 47 million left on this contract, Sam. And he wants a new one. And according to Adam Schefter, right before I got on this show to record with you, uh, he, we offered him more incentive and he said no. And now he's feeling disrespected by the Miami Dolphins that paid him after a injury. <laughs> like I just, it, it, he's not looking good. And honestly, he's hurting our draft value. So please stop. Well, look, at this point, he's going to be sitting on the sidelines and have plenty of time to watch Kiefer Sutherland in that hit show, Cromartie. But uh, it's just, you know, it, it's we're going to talk. We're going to talk all about Xavier Howard uh, and, and maybe a little bit more about Antonio Cromartie. Maybe we should get Cromartie on the show. That would be a lot of fun. We, we need to get Dallas Thomas and Antonio Cromartie and Omar Kelly in a roundtable on this show. And uh, I guarantee you, out of those three, the Dolphins beat writer, the former Dolphins player, and the Jets cornerback, you and I would have more fun with Cromartie than the other two. I just oh, I guarantee it. No doubt. No doubt. Because he's really good with other people since he's around so many other people all the he time. He knows how to network, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. Hey, uh, he can hang out with people Cromartie seven. <laughs> he just he's you know who my favorite comedian is? Uh Cromartie Lang. That's uh <laughs> It doesn't have anything to do with 24, but you know, I, say how, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, we spent about <laughs> Cromartie minutes talking about Cromartie. So uh, I think at this point we need to go and uh, pay some bills, uh, maybe some child support bills for Cromartie. And uh, we'll be back right after these words to talk about another cornerback. That's annoying the shit out of Chris Cullen and Sam Marcou on welcome to Perfectville, part of the bleep podcast network admit it citizens of perfectville during this entire covid19 global pandemic you have bought at least one thing from amazon.com admit it it's okay we're all friends here we all live in the same town of perfectville i've bought things from amazon.com the only difference is when i buy i go to welcome to perfectville.com first and click the link that takes me to amazon.com And why do I do that? Because every time you do that, it takes you to the same exact Amazon.com, same exact shopping experience. But by clicking the link on welcome to perfectville.com first, it sends a couple of dollars to your favorite town of Perfectville. That's right. Helps keep the lights on, so to speak. And there is no hidden fees. There is no extra charges. It's the same exact shopping experience of Amazon.com by way of welcome to perfectville.com. So as you sit down and check out the new 2021 Miami Dolphins schedule, look at all the draft picks that the Dolphins got just a couple of weeks ago and wonder which jersey you're going to get from Amazon.com, make sure you go to welcome to perfectville.com first and click the link. That's Amazon.com by way of welcome to perfectville.com. All right, we're back. The silliness is over. Time to get serious here, Chris, uh, because uh, not only are you and I going to talk about Xavier Howard, but uh, we're going to talk about possibly, you know, where he needs to end up. In the past, we talked about this and it was Seattle, but let's put 15 minutes on the clock and let's just figure out the future for the Xavier Howard and the Miami Dolphins. As we alluded to, Xavier Howard, if you are living under a rock and do not know this, has... Um, requested a trade. He did so with a very long-winded Instagram post where, yes, as Chris alluded to, uh, talked about the fact that, yes, he did sign a contract two years ago, something that he fully admits, Chris, that he did not understand at the time. Um, Essentially, it sounds like he put trust in his agent, who is not the same agent that he has now. Um, And now he feels that he's outplayed that contract, and everybody knows it, and he feels disrespected by, A, Noah Igbenogany being drafted in the first round last year. That was a slap in his face. He mentioned that on a podcast earlier this season. And now uh, he has issues with Byron Jones uh, being you know, paid more than him. Um, Now, you can make an argument that he's a better player than Byron Jones, but here's the point. Uh, you signed the contract two years ago, and we talked about this, Chris. We've been quoted on the internet about this, about uh, our thoughts on this, that we have progressed. We went from 
Number one, we want to keep Xavier Howard. We want him happy. We want him here with the Miami Dolphins. And then we got to the point where it's like, I think we need to start picking up the phone and calling some other teams and figuring out what we can get for Xavier Howard too. Now that's even been taken away from the Miami Dolphins because Xavier Howard and his agent have come out and just flat out said, we want to be traded. What are your thoughts now on Xavier Howard in the Miami Dolphins situation? Um, I, 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 I was fully on the player side before maybe a week ago. Um, this stuff to go public after training camp starts um, a, you're not being a great leader for our current team and B you're not showing any team in the league that you're a great leader right now, like to do this publicly. Um, even somebody on NFL networks, like, dude, like once the season starts, it starts like get this taken care of in the off season. If not, what the heck? Um, and to, to do it so awkwardly, like the IG post where he says he didn't understand the contract he signed it a year and a half ago. He was the highest paid corner in the league when he signed it. Dude, I, I mean, really, honestly, he fired his agent, which is good because he obviously didn't explain to him what like, inflation means. And I know we spoke about this before. Are we going to give him a contract and make him higher, higher paid than Jalen Ramsey? And then two days later, Jalen Ramsey asked for a contract and he's going to want another one because he just wants to keep being the highest paid. Do you understand what contracts are and how it works? And, and, and here's the thing. If he had a year or two left, yep. Get it. Stephon Gilmore right now, like totally, I, I, I'm for him. He's like in the last year of his deal making like $6 million a year. That's nothing for a very good cornerback in the NFL. He's he's set to make $47.5 million, Sam, over the course of the next four years into his 30s. Yeah. Uh, the, the, he has no leverage here. And I said this on Twitter. The Dolphins can literally just be like, great, you're going to be a scout team cornerback. You don't travel during the way games. Um, you are not on the 53 man roster on Sundays, have fun sitting at home and you got to carry Noah and um, Javon Holland's pads to practice every day. And as soon as he says, no, you're being insubordinate and you find him. And as soon as he stops showing up, you find him yeah. and conduct detrimental to the team. You find him because he has four years left on his contract and he's making himself less value in trades. I said draft last segment. I meant his trade value um, by coming out and, and having four years left because uh, no team's going to give up three first round picks, two first round picks and be like, we got to deal with this in two years and we got to pay this guy. It's just it, all around not looking good and Dolphins have all the dice right now. Yeah, I think Chris Greer, Brian Flores, and the rest of the Miami Dolphins front office, uh, I think they've already come out. I think I read somewhere that they said they have no plans to trade Xavier Howard. You know, this this we're not going to do it just because you asked us to. Uh, instead, I think they're going to wait for the right situation. I think, I fully think, and am prepared for Xavier Howard to be traded. I, yes. That could happen today. That could happen a week from now. It could happen a month from now. It's going to happen at some point. I've already resigned myself to that point. But I think the Miami Dolphins are shrewd enough to know that it will happen on their watch and not Xavier Howard's watch. So they can sit back, to your point, sit back and just wait because an injury is going to happen to a top corner somewhere in the league. We've already had two playoff teams, according to reports, that have called the Miami Dolphins since Xavier Howard requested the trade and said, what's it going to take to get him? The Miami Dolphins didn't call them. They wait. They sit back. They're like car salesmen. People are going to walk onto the lot and say, I need a car. And it's like, perfect. I got the hook in. That's what Chris Greer needs to do right now. That's what the Miami Dolphins need to do. Just play the long game. We have a good defense. Let's see what happens in training camp. Let's see what happens during the first couple of preseason games. Hopefully the team looks good. They start to gel and rally around each other with Xavier on the sidelines. And then when the time is right, you pull the trigger and you get whatever you need. A pass rush specialist, a running back, uh, draft picks, any combination of those or whatever else that you could possibly get. I think the Miami Dolphins right now, I wouldn't be worried. I'm not worried about this. Let Xavier embark. Let him say everything he needs to say. And two things are going to happen. He's either going to get fined and he's going to have to start showing up and playing in order to get himself out of Miami, or they're going to trade him and they're going to get a mint in return, hopefully, because somebody's going to go down and there's going to be a playoff team out there that goes, we need a talent like Xavier and Howard that we can plug and play give the Dolphins what they want. Let's make this happen. I think you're right. That's the play here for the Miami Dolphins right now. Sit him on the sidelines. He's got turf toe or whatever he's got right now. Put him on the sidelines. He doesn't need to get injured for real. And then we have no trade capital at all. And just wait. Just wait for somebody to call that comes with the right deal and pull the trigger. Yeah. And the best part is, is we hold all, again, the leverage. He's got four years. On, it's not like you're left and teams are sitting back like, well, we know we're, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so we can just sign him. We can hold out. No. He has four years left on his deal with us, so you're going to have to trade for this guy and also uh, barter a, a contract. Uh, Flores may also think he can save him. Uh, there's a thing that leaked. I don't know how accurate it is. Uh, the guy blacked out the email and 
people can clearly wipe away that stuff. So folks, this isn't like, you know, uh, uh, a Russian spy yeah, document. Not a cryptogram. Like, yeah. Ca- calm down guys. You did that in your note on your iPhone. Like it's easy to raise uh, tip pro tip. Uh, but it looked like I said, something to do with like Flores ego and they're not going to trade on blah, blah, blah. They might think they can save this and salvage this relationship. Um, Xavier Howard thinks otherwise. And then he did the whole, I'm injured thing today after stretching. So technically he showed up. They can't find him for, you know, skipping practice. Um, and, you know, he'll have his little boo-boo in the training room uh, and getting ice on it. And who and they're going to just play, uh, play, play, play. What is that when they go head to head? Chicken. Uh, they're going to play chicken. It's from Footloose. Sorry, the movie sucks. They're going to play chicken until one guy you know, turns around and, and moves. Yeah, that's chicken. Fucking Jesus Christ. Go ahead. I, I predict that uh, in Cromartie days, Xavier Howard will be on another team. It's just a matter of what team. Now, you and I had hypothesized at Seattle just because it was the furthest distance away from Miami. Uh, but somebody else brought up a good point. Like, I think Dallas seems like a natural trade partner. But somebody brought up, and I thought, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Dallas already had Byron Jones and they didn't pay him. They let him walk right. and we paid him. So why are they going to trade for Xavier Howard who now wants to be paid more than Byron Jones? Like that's like literally one of his demands. I don't think Dallas is going to do that. I would look really, really stupid unless they're going to say, well, Xavier Howard is better than Byron Jones. Therefore we can justify paying him. Here's the draft picks. Go have fun. Miami dolphins. I don't know. I mean, at this point, I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, I will say this. I'm going to ask you what would be the best case scenario of a return for Xavier Howard uh, player or draft wise, I'm going to go first. Uh, and because I know there's an issue happening in green Bay with their wide receiver. Uh, if Xavier Howard for Devontae Adams was on the, was on the table, I'd pull the trigger like that. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, um, a team that's loaded that's in win now mode and somebody's on a uh, franchise tag, uh, somebody like the Chicago bears and Allen Robinson or an mm-hmm. in a draft pick or, uh, even Tampa Bay or Chris Godwin. And um, like Chris Godwin in like a third third round pick or second round pick, something like that. And Tampa wants to win again. They get Xavier Howard. Um, and it, it, the best thing about both those scenarios and three scenarios, including yours, is all the NFC. Get them out of the AFC. Um, Seattle included in Dallas. I get, send them the 49ers, send them the Eagles. The Washington football team has a great defense. You know, send them there for Ryan Fitzpatrick so he can be our leading rusher, whatever we need to do. But uh, get, get as much as we can from this guy because he just is uh, at this point um not ju- not helping and and it's one of those things where Flores and Greer have worked really hard to build a good roster and a locker room that's strong and just having this hang over their head have guys having to answer these questions and stuff and him pull this stunt with the injury the boo-boo and the Instagram post just isn't helping yeah I mean I think somebody had mentioned that the New York Giants have two first round draft picks next year I mean that could be a target as well I think the, if the Miami Dolphins are putting together a list of potential trade candidates anybody who's got multiple high draft picks next year seems like a target because the giants could then say, Hey, we got Xavier Howard. He's here with the New York giants. And Oh, by the way, we still have one first round draft pick because we gave the dolphins one of our draft picks and then maybe a second or third round or whatever the case may be. I mean, realistically, I think Xavier Howard is going to net at least a first round draft pick, uh, probably multiple draft picks, but probably not multiple first round draft picks. I would assume maybe like a first and a fourth with maybe some incentives to get to a third or something along those lines. But if you're the Miami dolphins, again, you sit back, you relax and uh, you make the deal that's best for you. Who do you think, Sam, are the two playoff teams are called? Who would you who would you say? Yeah, so uh, it's it's very innocuous with those things, right? Because a playoff team could, I mean, maybe it was the Kansas City Royals. Maybe it wasn't even a football team. It was just like, hey, you know. I was like, wait, did he make a mistake? But it's Sam. He doesn't make no, mistakes. No, he, he, uh, he, he, he can catch. Maybe we can use him as a left fielder or something. Um, no, I don't know. That's that's a great question. But if, if I had to guess the two playoff teams, one, the Kansas City Chiefs, I feel like the Chiefs would be all over this because they have so much talent that they could probably rid themselves of a first round pick, which will probably be a high first round draft or a low first round draft pick, meaning, you know, 25, 26, 27 overall, something in that range. So I would say the Kansas City Chiefs are probably one of those. If I had to guess, if I had to peg uh, one of the teams that are out there and then the other one, I, I would say it's probably an NFC team. Um and it would not surprise me if it was somebody like the Packers or uh, somebody of that ilk, because they those are teams that are like one piece away. They're like, we need just a killer defensive back that we can just set and forget. You know, we can have Xavier Island, if you will. So I'm going to go Packers and Chiefs. Those are my two teams. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to say AFC NFC as well. I'm going to say it was the Ravens and the uh, the Saints. 
Um, I really think the Saints have to have a strong defense with losing Drew Brees and Michael Thomas for quite a bit of time. Um, what better to pair him with uh, Lattimore, the, the guy they got there, and their pass rush with Cam Jordan. Um, I, I can see Cam Jordan. Somebody included Cam Jordan in a trade as a as a you know uh, uh, what if scenario. Cam Jordan on like a first or a second, which I would be totally okay with um, if he wanted to come here to play. But if it's someone like the Saints, I mean, you want to throw in Alvin Kamara, I might be okay with that. If you want to do that, I'm okay with that. And then if it's the Ravens. Uh, yeah, I, I hate 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 helping a team that we just seem to not get that monkey off our back. Uh, the Ravens are a fantastic team and always beat us. So um, again, I just really hope it's an NFC team, not somebody we're looking up at in the AFC playoffs. Another another team that you could uh, possibly take a look at might be the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the Cleveland Browns have an embarrassment of riches right now. They've got a lot of running backs. Uh, they have they are a playoff team, so they could have been another one too. Maybe because they're thinking the Baltimore Ravens might go out and get Xavier Howard, we're going to call and try to scoop our uh, division rival there. So the Cleveland Browns, I think, might be a dark horse as a team that could have called and said, hey, what's it going to take to get uh, Xavier Howard in to uh, a Cleveland Brown uniform. Cream hunt in a second. Do it. Well, well here's the thing. I, I believe Xavier Howard and Jarvis Landry have the same agent. Correct. So David Cantor. Would, yes. Yeah, David Cantor. So it would not surprise me if David Cantor, you know, has got obviously a working relationship with the Cleveland Browns said, hey, what's it going to take to get our guy, uh, our guys together? Meaning Jarvis, uh, Odell Beckham, and now Xavier Howard. I mean, it, it, now more than I'm thinking about it, I'm going to change my mind and say it wasn't the Chiefs and it was the Cleveland Browns. I, I think that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. For it to not to be the case, there's just too many dots too close together to not connect them. I agree. Yeah, I can see it being Cleveland for sure. They are one or two guys away, and like you said, they got riches and done a really good job of stockpiling draft picks and whatnot. So uh, it certainly could be that. But as of now, the two teams that called obviously it was too much, or they're thinking about it because nothing's happened. So Xavier Howard will be icing his ankle or whatever it is that's hurt tomorrow as well. I'm sure, and uh, stay in the training room. That's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. Can't I did notice see. if you notice the video today of Matt Collins dunking on the goalpost that it was like he dunked on Xavier Howard who was standing off to the side in like a bucket hat with like you know just hang, eating his ice chips from the training room. Matt, uh, hopefully that was symbolic of Matt Collins like get the fuck out of here and just dunked on him, but it wasn't. But that's what I'm thinking. I can't wait to see the injury report when it says cornerback uh, Xavier Howard sand vagina. But uh, <laughs> until then. Uh, this has been another lovely episode of Welcome to Perfectville. Uh, we talked about Tua Tungavailoa and Albert Wilson. We talked about uh, the young guys on defense that are stepping up uh, as well. We talked about some of the injuries and where uh, the Miami Dolphins can afford to maybe lose a player and maybe where they can't. And, of course, Xavier Howard, the bell of the ball, the talk of the woods, uh, the babe of the woods, the talk of the town. Uh, we'll see what happens here, but I think we both agree it's about time for Xavier Howard to uh, float off to somewhere else, maybe Cromartie hours away from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, But until then, Chris, unless you have anything else you'd like to say on behalf of the Believe Podcast Network and everybody involved with Welcome to Perfectville, the only thing I have to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.